Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Salad Club. Today we have Pam Butler, a hypnotherapist that works at CSI Annex. Hello Pat. Hello Wa- Michael, how are you? Good, welcome Thank to Salad Club. Thank you. Um, so, I have never been hypnotized. So I have a lot of ideas of what may or may not be true. So let's, uh, let's crush some myths right now. Um, when I think of a hypnotist, I think of the hypnotist in a cruise ship, yes. uh, the guy up on the stage, and he makes people cluck like a chicken. So what is a hypnotherapist? I, a hypnotherapist is someone who deliberately works with the way that people are already thinking, their mindset, to ensure that it's aligned in their best interest. So using suggestion, we work with people to ensure that they're operating optimally and congruently, both of their minds, their deeper mind and their conscious mind are in alignment with each other to sort of pull, it's like a rowing team. If they're not pulling for the same goal, then your results are gonna be less effective at best and really skewed at worst. So, and optimally, it's all moving in the same direction. And a hypnotherapist designs the communication so that we are specifically creating that alignment so that it's easier to get to where we want to get to. Very good. So, when I watch movies and I see a hypnotist in there, uh, you know, the Hollywood hypnotist uh, has complete control over their subject. What is the difference between that and, say, a a clinical setting? Right. So, in truth, um, the subject is always in control. The person who is being hypnotized, and and I know that you said, I just want to back up a little bit, because I know you said that you haven't been hypnotized. We're actually hypnotized all the time. We're always falling in and out of, quote-unquote, trance. And those that state is... Being hypnotized is really an altered state of perception or consciousness, depending on how you want to frame it. So if you have ever driven somewhere and arrived there and forgotten that you got there or how you got there, sort of gone, oh my gosh, I'm here, you are actually in a state of trance and that is a a hypnotic state. So while you may not have been deliberately hypnotized, we often put ourselves into trance. That feeling of flow, that feeling of a loss of time when you're creating, working on something, that is a state that is trance. And that is kind of what hypnosis is as well and feels like as well. Uh, And I, I forgot what you also asked me that triggered that. It was... I, I guess what I'm trying to get to is, uh, besides the clinical setting, does the hypnotist have any like special powers that actually puts a person into this trance? No. Yes and no. Of course we have special powers. We've been trained. But I don't have any more special powers than you do when you're working with a mic or a podcast. You know what you're doing. You have skills that are useful to have it be effective and go the way that you want it to go. So those, I have those special powers. But I don't have any special powers over you or over the person that I'm working with. They're always in control. People often... Um, 
hear every word that I say, and they even may hear it consciously and remember it consciously. They don't necessarily. It depends on how deep they've gone and a variety of things, but they're always in control. The unconscious mind will never allow anything in, in this kind of an environment that it resists or doesn't want or goes against the grain, if you know what I mean. And people come out of trance immediately if that's necessary for their best and highest good. The unconscious mind is always, always making sure that we're healthy, that we're safe, that we're, we're okay. So my unconscious mind then protects me. Absolutely. In the movies. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I've never done this. So, you yeah. know, take that all into consideration. You know, it's always the weak-minded person that the <laughs> hypnotist is looking for. Uh, what do you really look for in a patient? Yes, I know. God bless Hollywood. Isn't it the thing? There's so many myths that that has created, that has taken, that has sort of dismantled and done a great uh, disservice to hypnosis. It's actually the ability to focus, the ability to pay attention, and a Smart people are actually easiest to hypnotize in a sense because they really are able to focus and pay attention and that's what it requires to be hypnotized. There's no weak-mindedness <laughs> involved. There's no weak-mindedness included. And in fact, um, that works against being hypnotized. It's not as easy to work with someone who can't pay attention. It does require the narrowing of consciousness that way. So anyone then can be hypnotized. Pretty much. Okay. Yep. So, what is hypnosis like? Uh, I mean, do you go to sleep, or it, it, is the patient present in some way? I mean, I'm just trying to fill in the gaps. Both. Some people do go asleep. Go to sleep. Um, it's not really sleep. It's kind of a misnomer sleep, but they can go into very, very deep trance where uh, it's kind of like daydreaming. So they fall into a state of daydreaming. Some people daydream more deeply than other people do, and they fall in deeper when they do. Young children we see can fall deeply into a daydream kind of consciousness and come out of it just like that as well as necessary. So it depends on how often you part of falling into trance for with hypnosis is learning to go into trance with hypnosis so when I work with people I'm familiarizing with the them with the feeling for them so that it's easier for them to grab it if you will once people have been into trance and hypnotized then it gets easier and easier for them to access that very powerful sort of open minded state for their own benefit as well as for me to work with them to, to uh, provide the kind of suggestions and directions that are going to be useful to them. So um, the idea is to embed a suggestion into a person's mind, correct? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we're offering suggestions for the unconscious mind to grab hold of and to listen to and create visions of if that's how that particular person's experience of the world works. And the unconscious mind will 
take it and use it as appropriate for that person apply it for their good so the way that I develop those suggestions are by working with someone on what it is they would like to change what they would like to see differently how they would like to feel if they want to break a habit and I work on various levels to design the communication so that it's easy for the unconscious mind to accept it and to understand how to work with it as well. So I realize every person must be different, but on average, um, how long is a session and how many sessions would a person need to say, quit smoking? Right. So to quit smoking, me back up a little bit I tell people that how long it takes is relevant to the depth of the pattern that they're working with and of course their willingness to play along if you don't cooperate and play along if you won't focus if, if you don't want to talk about sort of um, if you're not really interested in change it's not going to happen for you you've got to really be a willing participant which is why I have no control so to speak you've got to be willing to come along the people on the cruise ships who end up at the front are also the guys who are the life of the party right they're the first ones to step forward with hey let's do this let's do the chanka you know the cha-cha here so there is a natural tendency to be willing to play along for the people on the cruise ship and that's necessary for p participants and clients who work with me as well. Uh, it still depends on the person but I tell people it's kind of like the difference between replacing an app or replacing an iOS. So depending on the depth of the pattern, if it's, if it's just a light pattern then replacing an app just getting rid of it, you know, pushing on it starts to wiggle, you flick it away, you put a new one in, you push it, you get new results, and those you're happy with those results. That was easily done with an app. Sometimes you actually have to go in after the, uh, the operating system on a deeper level. And um, I start with three sessions, and then I work from there. Your patients must come to you with different problems, so to fix different problems. What are some of the problems that you, you tackle for patients? Yeah, they are looking for change for themselves in different, um, in different areas as well. So I work with behavior, I work with emotions, and I work with, um, with thoughts. So some people, some of us really have a deep inner critic that just kind of won't let go of us. That can generate anxiety for people it can interfere with confidence and performance so that they're really not able to get the results that they want but often people also have behaviors that they don't want part of I work with people around their weight I work with people around their smoking as well I work with people around if it isn't weight it can also be fitness and diet and overall health so any area of kind of a life pie that's not working for people I can work there because it's generally coming from a perspective and a pattern and a habit that um, we've all got things we want to change in different ways and for the most part I can work with those. I don't work with people who have psychological diagnoses without a reference. I will. If I have a referral then I will. With, but I need a doctor's referral for that. Uh, and also I don't work with epileptics because 
patterns, I work, do work with patterns in the brain, the actual brain itself, and switching patterns in the brain can actually cause seizures for people who are inclined toward that. So it's just, it's a safety precaution. It's very, very, very rare and better safe than sorry, right? Absolutely. Safety first. So, so those are kind of the two areas where I wouldn't work. But overall, people come to me for a variety of um, concerns and opportunities for themselves, right? We all want to live a great life. Who doesn't want a piece of that? So it's really an easy way to make a change that maybe we've been struggling with. Or I do hypnosis a lot because I'm kind of lazy. And it's a very rapid way to generate deep change. And I like that. <laughs> it's a shortcut, and I like that. So. That's great. Uh, so... Besides you, where is a great place to learn more about hypnotism? Uh, well, there certainly there are a lot of associations that train about hypnosis. I'm kind of a great resource. So um, people like to seem to like to speak to someone that they've met or someone that they know or someone that where they feel sort of a connection. So certainly for the CSI community, I'm around a lot. People can come and speak with me and I'm happy to do that. It really depends on the direction that you want to go. I train people in hypnosis. I train service providers in hypnosis so that they can use this skill when they've got somebody on the massage bed, for example. Not all of what I do, in fact, more than half of what I do is actually done with eyes open. As I said, we can fall into hypnotic states where, with our eyes open when we drive, when we get into an elevator and we, you know, we try to get off on the wrong floor, we've been in a trance. So it, we actually can have changes occur with our eyes open. We don't even need to fall into a deep state with our eyes closed in the sort of traditional you are getting sleepy kind of environment. Um, so, uh, so no couch and watch. No, no couch for sure. Okay. I, listen, I'll use a watch if it's if it's going to be valuable to someone. If someone comes to me and they've really, especially young people, actually, you know, when I work with teens, sort of, they're like, "What do you mean there's no watch? Like I thought it was that." And so it's easier for them to actually fall into a hypnotic state if I use it. If I'm not working with their eyes open and I'm working with closed eyes closed and an induction then a fob can be easier i don't like to cluck like a chicken if that's necessary but i will because i want people to get the change that they're looking for so i'll do what that takes to for the most part not a thousand percent but for the most part i'll do what it takes to support the suggestions that they're already operating with great that answer your question it did actually excellent that's great so how can they contact you if they want want to see you you know, I get this question a lot. I'm, I, I just got on Instagram, which was really a breakthrough for me. I have to say, I'm kind of resistant to digital technologies. I have a phone. I got a phone in 2016. That was a breakthrough for me. Prior to that, I had one of those flip phones, and I had like 100 minutes on it, and that's all I used my phone for. I'm connected on the Internet, and I use Google and et cetera. But do you have a website? I, I do have a website. It's Pam Butler Hypnotherapy. Okay. Dot, dot com. Yeah. And they can get you through that. And they can get me through that. They okay. can get me through that. They also can look for me on LinkedIn and they can contact me directly there. I like direct contact more so. So um, 
So I like it when people get in touch and they want to actually connect and communicate. That's a great way to, uh, to connect and hook up with me. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Pam. This has been a great interview. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Sally Club. Until then, have a great week. I really appreciate it, Michael. Great talking to you. Thanks. Bye-bye.